Garth Marenghi, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. You are about to enter the world of my imagination. You are entering my dark place. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we have nostalgia for, we then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Gerbaz, and I'm joined by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Keefe. How are you doing? Good, man. But I, I would prefer uh, if you referred to me as Connor O'Keefe, streamer, podcaster, plus drummer. Ah, uh, plus drummer? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to go with Dreamweaver. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are we are hitting the 2004 miniseries Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, uh, directed by Richard Arwadi, written by Richard Arwadi and... Matthew Holmes. It stars mm-hmm. Matthew Holmes as Garth Marenghi, as Dr. Rick Douglas, MD. Matt Berry as Todd Rivers, as Dr. Lucien Sanchez. Alice Lowe as Madeline Wool, as Liz Asher. And Richard Iowati as introducing Dean Lerner as Thomas Reed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh what to say about this show it's a supernatural like a procedural drama with a dark yeah, supernatural yeah. occult twist set inside of the meta premise of this horror author garth Marenghi, who made a television show that never got screened and now yeah. they're sort of pulling it out of the archives and showing it with behind the scenes interviews yeah, yeah. I almost, uh, I take it kind of as they've, I mean, he describes it at the start as uh, they've hit like a, a creative drought or whatever or a, a drought of, of stuff to release. So yeah. they've dug this out of the vaults um, and he's doing it kind of on the proviso that he gets to do like intros and, and uh, interviews and stuff throughout. Yeah, yeah. To, to kind of really uh, make it all about him. Mm. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's fucking awesome, like, the just the commitment to the bit of um the the ego project you know yeah uh it it really takes full advantage of of its premise it's it's amazing that uh obviously he wrote the the show as well with Richard Iwadi so there's a little mm. bit of like life imitating art aspect of like i'm going to write this and star in this about a yeah. really egotistical guy who's writing and starring in a shitty TV show. Oh, it would have been so much fun to to throw ideas at this thing and um uh, and to take experiences from like real life people and and to also like take some uh, some qualities of yourself even and, and put them in the in the show to some degree. Yeah, taking the piss out of yourself. Yeah, if, if you're yeah. a good sport, surely. But yeah, it, absolutely. It show looks like it was the most fucking fun ever to work on. Mm. Just imagine how how cool it must have been. Yeah, totally. So when when did you see this? This came out in not two thousand four. Yeah, so I was late to the party. I had never heard of it before, and I probably saw it in late twenty eleven, early twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. 
So I I was um, doing some LARPing at the time and I'd made some new LARPing friends mm-hmm. and um, I caught up with them, one of them one afternoon, go back to his place, get some drinks, and he's like, we should chuck something on. And he's thinking about it and he's like, oh, I could chuck on some Dark Place. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, oh, we're definitely chucking it on. And <laughs> immediately, barely a minute in, and I was absolutely fucking hooked. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a massive fan of the Mighty Boosh, uh, f- some older British series like uh, Red Dwarf that it really reminds me of mm-hmm. in that cheap sci-fi uh, kind of way. And then just immediately watching it, I was like, where the fuck is this? How have I not, how have I like been obsessed with the Mighty Boosh and IT crowd, but somehow this hasn't come up? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was so grateful. And so we watched, I think, the first two episodes at his, and then I um, I think he lent me the DVD. And I immediately went home and wa- like watched the entire season in one sitting. Nice. I was just absolutely like obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, I I'm struggling to recall who hipped me to this. I feel like it might have been someone in TAFE, perhaps in second year. Oh, um, yes. Showed me the first episode or maybe a scene from the first episode. I think he he referenced it. Uh, like there's so many, especially in that first episode. episode oh, there's so one-liners. many one-liners. One-liners, and I think he might have pulled one out, and I was like, "What? What is that from?" Uh, and he, he showed me a scene, or, or maybe the first episode, and then I took that to uh, my group of friends, and we one night uh, having you know uh, crashing in a mate's place, chucked it on, and binged the whole the whole season. And um, uh, I haven't watched it since. Um, I haven't felt the need to. Mm-hmm. Um, although I've occasionally gone back and watched the first episode, if introducing it to a friend doing the same thing that that, that person yeah, right. did to me, uh, and that that it holds up great. But I never felt the need to go back and and revisit the entire series. I think the first episode is so fucking funny that I remember it getting that like the 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 bit wearing a little thin um, by the end of that sitting and and that first viewing of the whole thing, that first binge sesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of felt like, nah, I don't need to revisit it. But uh, coming back to it for this was was an absolute joy, and and goddamn, I've I've really slept on the rest of this season um, <laughs> since because it's 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 gold, it's solid throughout. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I think maybe we were all just tired or something. You maybe, know? yeah. It might have been a case of just of, of us laughing so hard at the at the start that it, it being hard to uh, maintain that, um, but it not being indicative of the quality of the show. More yeah, so, yeah, you wore yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. This is like the first time where it was like we've both independently of each other come to this in almost the same year, probably. Yeah, I would say like definitely within, around the within same time. Six months or so, it seems. It's very interesting. Yeah, I hadn't. Um, I watched it. Uh, like you said, I sort of then took it to some friends or like my brothers because I knew that they would love that. Rewatched it with with other people, but. Mm-hmm like directly after I'd seen it myself and then I haven't, yeah, I haven't touched it again for like 10 years. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was awesome coming back because it, it has so many good one-liners. They're too fast and it's too like mile-a-minute funny. I can't it, fucking remember any of them. No, like- no, and, and I was like, if I'm going to be like making notes for this thing, it's just going to be me writing lines and then I'm going to be, as I'm writing those, I'll miss other lines. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to let it wash over me and I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to re-watch this uh, sooner rather than later. I'm going to have to find... Uh, I'm going to become cult-like with it. I'm going to find have to find people to to spread the good word to. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's your if service. If only to give myself a, an excuse to rewatch it. Yeah, I found myself after after an episode going to the next one and immediately forgetting all of those hilarious lines that made me absolutely shit myself laughing. Yeah. Go, oh shit! And so I did. That's 
what you said. I literally did. I finished watching it and then I went back and rewatched a couple of the episodes and was like, oh, that, that's what it was. Paused it, wrote down that line. Just nice, in case. nice. Because I'm was, glad you did. I was, I was, a, I was worrying by like the sixth episode that I was like, am I going to be able to like list off any of these lines for the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Or will I just be like, oh, that, that was a really funny one. That was such a good yeah. bit. There's so many good lines. Watch it and experience <laughs> them yourself. That's all right. We can always just go, just go in and, and edit them in in post. Hi, I've come to apply for the doctor's job. I can assure you my credentials are top notch. I've just graduated from Harvard College, Yale. I aced every semester and I got an A. Well, that sounds excellent. Our last doctor only just recently died in horrific circumstances. Can you start immediately? Sure. Do I have time to go to the toilet? Not really. Or, you know, like we'll just, uh, we can just cut away to uh, like a shot of something else and we can chuck in some ADR. (laughs) Dub it, yeah. That obviously doesn't match with the the, the rest of the, 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 the volume levels. Oh, Christ. I mean, let's, uh, like, should we just start with the first episode? Like... Yeah, might as well. I, know, I mean, we, we don't have to go episode by episode like yeah, we have in the, the past. F- we can just kind of jump around. First episode is great like, to like, set the premise up. Yeah, yeah. It gives you everything you need to know. It, it absolutely does. It, it introduces uh, all of the characters within that universe and then the show within that universe. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's fucking perfect. Opening every episode with Garth reading from one of his slasher books and being <laughs> so crap. <laughs> but him being so into his own shit. Yeah. And it's got like the red light as he's talking and then he like yeah. shuts the big hard cover and it like fades fades the red light out. Yeah. And him like walking down the stairs with the red light at the top. Yeah. Um, and always using such stupid language. But they were scared of my script's radical predictions. I portended that by the year 2040, the world would see its first female mechanic. And who knows, she might even do a decent job. In any case, I wish her the very best. Still, so much for possibility. French for possibilities. Oh my god, the the <laughs> like him using like perhaps and stuff yeah, instead perhaps. of perhaps, and and trying to like find um, uh, ways to sound like witty or or um, like urbane, but he just sounds like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, <It's laughs> so funny. To so many words, he just cuts the end off of the word to sound <laughs> like. And it's like that. No, that's not a real word. You're just making up yeah, yeah. shit now. Or well, there's um. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but one one bit that stuck out to me is where he keeps saying uh, he's referring to himself as a rebel. Yeah. And he keeps uh, using the the word like where he keeps saying rebellions. He's in rebellions against oh, yeah. things. And I was like, yes. he, he he like <laughs> keeps saying it. I'm going. I'm certain that's not a word. <laughs> But he says it with such conviction that you find yourself questioning. Everything in those interviews of him, he says with that conviction. It's so good. Yeah. He does such a good job playing the uh, pretentious auteur that's like laying down all of this like wisdom and then also doing the the Daglas bit. Yeah. There's like a specific, like the difference in his voice, the way that he delivers all those lines with that kind of like that whisper. Um, yeah, yeah, like that's that's what he thinks acting is. Maybe if everyone who'd ever been close to you had died, you'd be sarcastic too. Yes, that makes sense. And um, uh, but but it's because it's a it's a project like to stroke his ego, and that uh, the the way people regard his character, that regard the the dag, yeah, uh, Dagler's character in 
um, Dark Place is how he sees himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's delivered with like utter sincerity. Like the little kids going like, you should yeah. pay the hero's wage. They should wage. pay you a hero's wage. They work <laughs> you too hard. <laughs> or, or, or just the temp that's always like his close-up is like completely oh off, my God. off-centred. And he's like, "Who's that over there?" He has a, he has a, spe- a particular aura around himself. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about um about that bit that uh, that sequence um where she's like, "Have you met the temp?" And it's like the just dead on mid shot of him and just like staring at the camera. And there's like too much headroom and all headroom. It's, it's, it's like fifty percent all headroom. headroom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, it's like this golden ratio of headroom and, <laughs> and empty space. It's fucking perfect. That like back and forth and ending with that shot was like a meme format years and years and years ago. Like when when I was in high school, um, and and like just out of high school. So when me and my friends and me and my friends used to like piss ourselves laughing at these these stupid memes. And, and so when we were watching it together, we were like. Why does this scene look so familiar? And then that guy came up and that shot came up and we were like, Funny man, man! Funny man! Like it was the origin, you know? Yeah. So thrilling. Uh but yeah, all of all of that works so well. And I mean, as soon as as soon as they like come in on the hospital and it's like that weird, like miniature, yeah, little miniature. set, uh, and and Liz is like walking down the hall as she's being introduced, and you see the cat. Get come thrown out, and the, out. Hand, the, yeah. the hands throwing the cat out. Oh my god! It's the, the tone is set so immediately yeah, and so got, perfectly. That that miniature is so lovely. Every episode, it like panning and zooming into like another a different window every time, but like really jerkily. <laughs> like sometimes they they think they're going for one and they go oh no and they'll <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like her walking down that hallway, it's like the shitty lighting that's supposed yeah. to be really moody and atmospheric. She's so wooden. In how she's walking and the, the like the terrible folly that's always like oh. walking folly, it's, it's always too loud, or um, they'll be really, really far away and be walking towards the camera, and like the whole time the footsteps are is always the same volume. Yeah. It never yeah, it doesn't yeah, get yeah. louder as they get closer. And I then, love, uh, then he'll like stop walking and there'll still be like two more footsteps <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Or like when they'll cut to uh the, they'll cut to like a reaction shot of something or cut to a reverse shot where someone's not talking and instead of just having some like atmos or something just like really basic stuff they have no sound whatsoever yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just not just like that it's like this the other deafening the other shots does have the atmosphere and it's yeah, got the, yeah. so the like sound this- of the traffic or the wind or this anything just that hum yeah and then they just yeah. cut away to something and there's nothing there yeah and they'll and they'll mix it up like they get really fucking creative with how bad the audio is throughout this show like they'll have uh it's having no Atmos, but having the 80 yard lines anyway. So it's like this dead silence and this very crisp, clear, like get lost and stuff like that. Yeah. So I good. love, um, like all, all four of them have like really specific ways of talking. Like they all play it differently. Like the, the, the main three, they all gel quite well in their, in their acting styles, but they've got that mm. very specific way of talking. And then Reed is playing the producer that doesn't know how to act yeah, and he's yeah. like trying to act, and he's really bad at it. <laughs> well, um, he's not. Um, he's not. He's not giving an act. Giving he's giving the truth. The truth. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like he also has that great like. Whenever he's the producer and he's telling those stories, it, 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 he like sells that feel. And then when he's yeah. on camera and it like his eyes are bulging out of his head, like he's constantly like <laughs> frightened, <laughs> and they're having to like cut 
like mid take of him. Yeah, fucking like up. having to cut straight into to the same shot. And pretty much always just like talking like monotone. His entire like monologue will be like really fast and monotone. Yeah, no matter really, what like, no matter what anything it, or put yeah, any exactly. emphasis on any words. Yeah, no matter what it is, it's 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 like yeah. that kind of cadence. But like Matt Berry, he, this is like my favorite role of his. But the way that he speaks in this, it's like it's just something really funny about the way that he like stretches out certain words and pronounces He'll, them. Yeah, and like put emphasis on on weird words and in weird places. Yeah, like he says occult, like in um, like in the Mighty Boosh joke, where he, it sounds like Yakult. <laughs> Yakult, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Uh, the the first episode again. We, there's so many good one-liners, but the, like the you and he were buddies. Were yeah. <laughs> Listen, when I first joined this hospital, I was strictly solo. You were the first real buddy I ever had. But if you and he wish to be best buddies again, I won't stand in your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I I fucking uh, laughed so hard the first time hearing him like. Walking, be like, you know, where he pages Dr. Sanchez to come down. Uh, he's like, no, uh, he's like, okay, do I have time to go to the toilet? Not really. He should be here any minute. I'm Dr. Sanchez. You're a woman. Just like, <laughs> yeah. no, no pause. Just a, that's that's the sentence. Yeah, the uh, the blatant misogyny is so funny in this show. They, they like, mm. they get so many good laughs out of it. Yeah, yeah. Liz's. Uh, voice of always like yeah the tone that she talks in and she's constantly like apologizing and accepting that like she was at fault for stuff <laughs> yeah like when they're waiting for the food and she keeps getting her tray slapped out of her hands and she's like, oh no it's my fault and they keep like if you pay attention there's like at one in one shot the the knife and fork are like taped to the tray but every time it gets slapped down you hear it like jingle away and then like one time she picks it up and there's just a banana on the tray yeah, suddenly yeah. for no reason <laughs> yeah um, and then, like, whenever they, they like, rip into her and it'll just cut straight back to her and she'll have all the mascara running down her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love in... Um, it's in the third episode when uh, Rick does that to her and she's crying for the first time and Sanchez goes... Come on, I'll help you apply more makeup. And then, like, they walk out of the office and he's, like, holding her by the shoulder and then just as they walk out the door, he kind of, like, shoves her out. (laughs) (laughs) There's just these tiny things that are just, like... And, and again, like you were saying with the ego project, it's like she's immediately interested in, in Rick. But then yeah, every yeah. time he like mentions something that she's like, oh, are you asking like me out on a date because you asked what I'm doing tonight? And he's yeah. Like, no. He's like, no, no, no. I just don't find her attractive. <laughs> and like, just yeah. like blatantly like, yeah. Yeah. She's got to um, want him, but he's like, oh, no, she's she's all that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, no. I, I think too it's uh, it's fun that um it works in with the ego thing where he thinks he's quite switched on and he would probably consider himself quite progressive mm. um uh, like in the the way that um that first scene's written where he's like you know uh, i'm dr sanchez you're a woman and she's like yes i hope that's not a problem he's like not at all there's plenty of scat on the world this is the <laughs> 21st century after all though some don't like to admit it and it's yeah. like he probably thinks he's like real hip and like yeah. <laughs> I, I mean in the second episode he talks about like uh, how like his ad- his ideas were too forward thinking and too radical and that's why the the, the show didn't last yeah, long yeah yeah and uh, like yeah constantly referring to the show as like 
like the the sole intention was to uh, push humanity forward with the message yeah. he was telling and things like that. <laughs> Speaking of laughing, like we just were, I love how they um pretty pretty regularly, almost once an episode, they'll all one of them will make a really shitty pun joke, and then they'll yeah. all stand around laughing at it and cackling yeah. like for way too long. With oh, really, it makes like, me bad so uncomfortable. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the laughter is all like eighty yard and shit. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like giggling in a really strange sounding like distinctive cackle <laughs> yeah i think it makes sense that or it's uh it works for like garth Marenghi's character that he would have a really unappealing laugh yeah yeah totally and it's it's sort of that thing of like when you go back and watch tv from like the 60s or the 70s that were like the sitcoms at the time that were so popular mm. and you watch it now and like the canned laughter happens when the jokes are going on and you're kind of like that's uh, that that was the joke back then like that seems yeah. really like obvious and played out to us that it's like we just don't find that funny at all so yeah yeah like they 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 keep on the laughter for a bit bit too long there's lots of shots that they just stay on for too long as well mm, mm. where they just kind of start to be like looking like oh what am i what am i supposed to do or like when the when that extra is getting um, chased by the stapler and he's going ah and running away <laughs> and then he gets to the phone he's like get me Rick Douglas ah and he just keeps screaming <laughs> and then he kind of stops screaming and he's like starts screaming again yeah yeah or like there's um I think in the first episode yeah I think it's when he has the shower and then he, he they're like oh you're not officially on the on the books yet but I'll pay you to help us out just because. You know, you can get some some clothes and stuff with it. And then she's like so appreciative. And he's like, the first thing you can do is run a Brillo over this mug. Otherwise, it'll stain. Um, and then she goes to walk off. And there's like people in the background like pushing along a trolley. And then they stop before they're like out of frame because they think the shot's over. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah, all just yeah. kind of like stop walking. And then it just stays on them for like two more seconds before they cut away. I was going to say, I love all the, the stuff of like blocking and um, like timing uh being fucked like in the in the last episode where uh Douglas starts walking away and then stops and then the second passes and then Dr. Sanchez <laughs> is like wait yeah it's like <laughs> so fucking funny they did that a couple of times like the over the shoulder when he's leaving Reed's office and Reed yeah. like steps into the frame but it's like Dag's already stopped and he's yeah, like yeah 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 not so fast. <laughs> I, I think I love too that um I mean they have similar gags in uh, uh, Black Dynamite, but in mm, Black Dynamite yeah. it, it uh, there are moments where the actor within that movie kind of acknowledges that something's gone wrong and looks mm. a bit annoyed. Yeah. In this, it, it's almost like Garth Marenghi is so certain that this is fucking gold. Like it couldn't possibly not be gold that he doesn't blanch the entire thing. There's no, there's no moments where he kind of like looks perturbed at like yeah. uh, a, a fuck up on set or anything. The only, I'd, yeah, I'd say like the only time that that happens is like Reed, where he like occasionally like look at the camera or fuck up, and then they'll jump cut. But everybody yeah, else, well, he's is the like, only one. But everyone's, yeah, everyone, everyone else, else is like, like a, no, they're playing it like that because they think that that's like super dramatic. Well, I think everyone else in the case of the other two uh, of uh, Liz and and Sanchez, uh, those characters are being in that universe being played by like consummate professionals. Mm. Like they're being played by like people who are actually like they're not very good, but they are actors. Yes. Whereas Garth and and Garth is just there like uh, stoked on his own brilliance. You know, it's it's like the interviews are just. Uh, Dean and Garth, but then like three episodes in, or like by by the fourth episode, we get yeah. Todd Rivers starts being in the interviews. Yeah, and yeah. 
yeah, it's so funny. You get that sense that he's a real actor because when he's talking about working with Reed and mm. uh, or, or, or Dean Lerner and how he's just like, I just couldn't connect with him yeah, on any level he as a make person. Eye contact. <laughs> yeah, I, I think too. And, but then also, uh, it's it's not just that, like yeah, he is a, a professional actor, but then he's also like, oh, I was worried that it was like not gonna not gonna well, age he's very also, well, or he's and, like, and, I just watched it back then and holds up pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, he's yeah. still stoked and, and on it anyway. That's the thing about his character too is like, he, yes, he's a professional, but there's like another layer to his character like within that universe where you get the sense that he's kind of washed up as well. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, in the last episode where he's like quoting his own line, he's like got a drink in hand and a scarf yes. and he's like, you know. <laughs> quoting a line from the first episode. Buddies, weren't you? You know, what, what more can I say? What <laughs> yeah. more can I say? It takes a sip. It's like, you wanker. <laughs> I love when he when he introduces at the beginning of one of the episodes. Uh, Garth says like, "Oh, and like featuring interviews from me and anyone that didn't piss me off." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like during the filming. Yeah, yeah. What's he say? Uh, anybody who didn't offend me or some some other thing. And then then we get also they like weave it in even further that Madeline Wood, the actress, has gone missing. And that's why she's not yeah. in any of the interviews that it's just like presumed dead. Yeah. And it's like the only time where they cut to um they keep the audio of the interviewer in. I reckon she's probably somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. That's my hunch. Do you think she's still alive then? No, I think she's probably just buried in the Eastern Bloc. If she got a burial. Yeah. And he's like smoking a cigar as he says this stuff. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, he gives, he gives that... um that producer vibe that doesn't give a shit at all really, really well. He plays that off. Yeah, but they're all they're all playing like these uh professionals that aren't very good at their own profession. Like uh mm. the like Dean Lerner talks about, you know, how Garth is the most talented person that he's ever worked with. Like all of these people are kind of made for each other in how shit they are. Yeah. Um they're all they're all the the whole show is like just an exploration or a celebration of people who are living examples of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, that that gap between, like, what they actually know and what they think they know or how that the, the gap between their actual skill level and what they think they're capable of is is just grounds, fertile grounds for comedy and par- parody. It's it's so perfect. Like, it, they never drop the ball, I think. I Like, you made the comparison to Black Dynamite. That's what I was thinking of watching this again, is mm. that it does a lot of the things that Black Dynamite does. But I think, I don't know if I, th- I think I prefer this, or I think this, this pulls it off consistently, mm. uh, at least in a more appealing way to my own sensibilities. Sure. I, I think um, what this has going for it is that you get to meet and get a sense of the people who are facilitating the ego project to begin with whereas in black dynamite it's it's literally just i mean aside from the trailer where uh they have like fake names for the actors playing you know yeah. the, the characters in the movie it, it, the the movie within a movie or like universe within a universe thing isn't really that deep yeah whereas yeah, in here right. they they really have fun with it um yeah. and ring ring that premise for everything it's worth yeah like they go hard on it with the the opening credits which I freaking love so much. The music is great. Oh my god! It, the, like, the, the music is like legitimately awesome until yeah. the point where it gets up to introducing um, Dean Lerner, and then it kind of it sounds like the piano part. They kind of like lose it, and it's kind of yeah. like they yeah. kind of fuck up, and then they keep going again. 
But the rest of it's just like so well edited together mm. with that music. But yeah, those are the only credits we get. We get we only get the fake credits of the fake mm. actor playing the character. Mm-hmm. Once the episode's over, we don't see the real credits with everybody's real names. They they like they stick to that mm. that premise so hard. Speaking of the music, I love I love seeing the title at the start of each episode where it's like you know produced by Dean Lerner, uh, special effects by Dina Matronics. <laughs> Uh, music by Stig Basvig. Yeah, and then based on original, based on based on melodies originally whistled by Garth Marenghi. <laughs> <laughs> like his his stamp is on everything in this fucking show. Yeah, there couldn't be a more pretentious way of um. Yeah, yeah, of being like story by like yeah. scr- script. Yeah, the, I've I find the music really pleasing. Uh, it's. I think I put my finger on it this time watching it, but I hadn't like connected it before. This music mm. sounds really similar to the Resident Evil 3 soundtrack. Ah, it has the okay. same atmosphere, those same long kind of drawn out piano-y, like quite minimalistic, just like a few notes, kind of wistful. The doors of Dark Place were open. Not the literal doors of the building, most of which were closed, but evil doors, dark doors, doors to the beyond. Doors that were hard to shut because they were abstract and didn't have handles. They were more like portals, really. From this day on, I'd have to fight these forces of darkness and deal with the burden of day-to-day admin. Yeah, I can hear that. I'm, I'm skimming through, uh, like, especially the more dramatic uh, scenes where it's like the really drawn-out, like, doo-dee. Like the the kind of synthy yeah, shit yeah, in the background. Exactly. It it just reminds me of like the like the save room or just like running around the city in that game. Um, but it like yeah, it suits the the tone so well in this show. Mm. But it's got it's got that quality that we were talking about in Black Dynamite, where in order to make it look like it's shittily filmed, they have mm. to like think it think about it and plan it so much harder than what like the the kind of shit stuff they're parroting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like like with the sound design, it's like layers and layers of how intricate they make it so sound so shitty from shot yeah, to shot. Yeah, that has to be that has to be like to achieve that f- effect when you're going for it. You you have to I mean they would have had to shoot this and produce it with decent sound like good sound and then go in and find ways to fuck it and and have uh fun with that yeah like matt berry's voice even when it 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 sounds like he's recorded slightly differently to everyone else even when it's not the adr like he has the most adr lines i think throughout the the show like Uh when he's flamethrowing the body at the end of the first episode and you could just hear him from the sidelines being like that'll stop him (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love the uh that's the mother rick that's the mother dag yeah oh god and it's like she's more the age that the wife should be than a mother and then she's like that's my baby and then he just plugs her in the shoulder (laughs) to stand aside (laughs) 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 i love how they um they get back to that in um, the second episode with all the slow motion and we get the the bit from Dean being like... Oh, that is so good. We were running up to eight minutes short per episode, uh, yeah. so we stretched it out with slow motion. And we tried to keep the slow motion away from the dialogue as much as possible, but anything without dialogue was considered for slow motion. I love that we tried to keep it away from from uh, dialogue as <laughs> though like some dialogue scenes were considered for slow motion. They were that desperate. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that that scene is hilarious because it's got the um once the the casket is on fire every time they cut away 
you can't hear the fire anymore. And then when it cuts back to the casket, it's the really obvious, like, crackling fire. Yeah, yeah. And when it cuts to um, uh, every now and then, it'll just cut to Dean Lerner, like, off somewhere else You're completely firing like a in, shotgun. Yeah, in a different part of the cemetery, just yeah. randomly firing the shotgun. And then there's shots where it cuts between uh, Rick firing uh, his, his fucking gun at, the at like, the reanimated corpse and Dean standing right next to him. Yeah. Even though they've just cut to a shot on here of him on like the other side of the thing firing a shotgun. Yeah, like just after he belts the guy's head with the, the shovel, which is so funny. He's like got his head popping out of the floor. He's like, <laughs> kill me, please. It really, it really hurts. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way that they're like screaming emotionally. Yeah. It gets me every time that got the bald guy on in the floor. When he's like, oh, oh, oh. like it's, it's, really, it's so weird the way he starts it. But yeah. then it's like they kind of they do like they they hit that mark with the the dramatic feeling because they're both screaming and then like the screaming gets drowned out by the music. Yeah, and it yeah. does like kind of make you feel that that way that they're trying to make you feel. Yeah, and then when it, and then it like cutting straight to interview footage of them talking about how powerful that scene is. Yeah, <laughs> like there were, there were tears on set. I'm not afraid to. Admit. I've never exploded, but I know what it would feel like. Yeah. You just have to trust me. <laughs> I just know. Um, and yeah, and then when he comes, uh, when Reed comes to like tell him off for for unorthodox method- methods, and he's holding the bloody shovel, and then it will cut to him holding a coffee cup like the rest of them, <laughs> and then jump cut in the exact same shot back to the shovel. Yeah, and then like he'll put his hand up. And the camera will kind of try and pan over to the hand to get it in frame, and then he puts the hand down so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and the, how they're all arguing, and then they all stop arguing. Then Dean's like, "Now, now, calm down, yeah. everyone." <laughs> <laughs> it's so like. And then they all walk off, and they precious. cut back to the shot of him holding the cup, so he can like crush it in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh? Do you have a favorite episode? Um, I the last episode. I found particularly funny. I think the the first episode and the last episode are probably my favourites. Mm-hmm. I think the Scotch Mist one is also quite clever <laughs> in in how it like they managed to like uh, make jokes about like racism and and bigotry and stuff, but in a way that's like like it's it's super safe. Like you, you, it would be well, yeah, it's just so absurd. Like it's it's so absurd. It's like it's so such a localized, ridiculously out of the box. Like nothing that anyone's ever like insulted a Scotsman over. No, no, exactly. And and it's like such a, a specific and, and uh seemingly like localized form of, of prejudice that like exists almost certainly only within Garth Marenghi. Like <laughs> he has a he has this vendetta against Scots. And so he put it in his show. And then the idea that in that universe that that episode was poorly received because it was considered racist yeah. is so fucking funny. And how I think, I think it's a really like clever way to play with uh, like that that subject matter, yeah. Um, in a way that invites everyone to just laugh at, at the absurd, the sheer absurdity of it. Yeah, and the way that Todd Rivers is like talking about having the backlash, and he's like, "I don't think it comes off as racist." Yeah. Thing is, I play anything, uh, a Nazi, anything at all. I never, I don't think I'd ever kiss another man. <laughs> Not even <laughs> for any of the so big good. players. <laughs> oh, that's so good. You can see, and, and I think I think that's that's like particular. Like I found myself laughing particularly hard at that, 
like now given the the current like uh climate where there's this uh anxiety about being perceived as as racist mm. um in in you know if, if you're in an interview and that sort of question would come up you, you would go um and so like having him uh like sweating <laughs> like visibly sweating being like no i don't think it i didn't think it was racist uh, but i'll do anything i'd play a, a nazi <laughs> I wouldn't kiss a man. And, like, you can see him just <laughs> fucking jumping from one thing to the next, <laughs> digging himself a deeper and deeper hole. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. I am particularly fond of Skipper the Eye Child. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one for, it's, yeah, the, the puppet. And, yeah, it's very absurd again. I love the scene where Liz is trying to use her psychic abilities to, to work him out and he's mm-hmm. reading one of his books. <laughs> yes. And like, yeah, like the narration is reading it out and he goes, good start. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, this is good. I've misjudged the genre like so many others. <laughs> and then she's like obsessed with him as well. Oh, he's my favourite author. And the fact that, yeah, like he knows that he that she can read his mind so his narration is also his thought process and how he's able to like he gets through it and then he's talking about his dead son that was half half, gra- half grasshopper, which is yeah. so funny. The classic, like, looking out the window um, with the rain drops running yeah. down. And then, like, the second that she, like, goes to leave, I think you should go. And she's like, yes, I think I better had. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he's like, now I can think about the eye child again. And she's just standing at the door like, eye child? <laughs> I love um, in the the last episode, uh, the the creeping moss from the shores of Shogoth. When after the the like sex scene between Sanchez and and Linda, um, it cuts back to Garth talking about like what words you don't use when writing a sex scene in a novel. Yeah, he's like there are certain words you don't use. Balls, knickers, scrope. Scrope. Not clever. <laughs> and then when it cuts to like the two of them, um, and it's the only instance where it's the it's it's both of them being yeah, sitting in the one at the same time. One shot. Yeah. It is hilarious. I wish I wish there was. I kind of given that's the last episode. I kind of wish that there was more of them bouncing off one another. Yeah, because you can feel like that that particularly is improv where they're talking about. That it's all it's so um sex scenes today, they're so Yeah. Oh, he licked that. She he put it there. And he's like, Where's the he slid into her <laughs> wistfully or whatever he bloody says? Where's 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 her whispery mound? Yeah. <laughs> what is where's it? The it a sacred... mossy cleft. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a sacred so V. <laughs> where's her sacred V? <laughs> I love how oh, they come back to him and he's like the broccoli represents AIDS. <laughs> yeah. Just like spelling it out. Or in one of the earlier episodes where he goes, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. Okay? What I was asking in that scene is, what if politicians continue to pay doctors peanuts, could they literally turn into monkeys? Yeah, it's very literal. That is, that is a fun episode as well, the, the apes. with um, that's, the, that's the other scene where, where um, Todd is like, I was worried... Coming back to it, that the makeup would be terribly naff, but looking at it now, it still holds up very well. <laughs> um, I think the last episode is one of my favorites, just because it's uh, Sanchez really gets to like Matt Berry really gets to kind of chew the scenery, like mm, when he's yeah. when he's making the making Linda fucking egg and soup. Fucking, and, uh, I wouldn't mind a poached egg in my soup. That sounds really tasty. I, I was like, I wonder what that would be like. But, I don't know uh, what happens to an egg, like whether you can poach it properly if it's not in water, if it's in a different liquid. 
I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. But he gets to like really like do like go hard on the eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> As, and also he gets his music video. And oh, his music video is so good. <laughs> One track lover, dude. I, I've listened to it three or four times since finishing that last episode um, before this call. Oh, God, it's so good. I, I think M- Matt Berry in general or in, in that era especially, and I think it, why he works so well in this role is because he has this 70s, 80s suave quality yeah. to him while also being kind of schlubby. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't have the he doesn't have the like the bod. No. He's kind and and he's got like a slightly pudgy face. But the his facial structure and like his eyebrows and his voice have this gravitas to them. Yeah. Yeah, I've always it's thought that so, too. So it's 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 used the best in 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 this show. Yeah, it's de- definitely the best I've seen it in. Yeah. The the other song is really good that's in The Skipper and the Eye Child. Where he just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just like bursts into song and it's just completely out of character. Yeah. And like the whole song is like it's a song when the kid the, the kid's like, Daddy, don't forget me. I haven't, but you're dead now. You have a little brother. One day we'll all meet in Valhalla. Like, what? <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. I think I think too, like all the the moments in this show that are like really really uh, funny and overtly comedic don't feel like the Garth Marenghi character wrote them to be so. Mm. Like he's written them all. Like the the I mean they walk in on this dude oh, who's yes. mutated into a giant eyeball with a like, huge penis with a huge penis fucking one of the patients and impregnating him, and and it's it's so bizarre and fucked that you can't help but laugh. But when it cuts back to them talking about it in the, like, the interview stuff, they speak about it in such serious and sincere terms. That's, that's some of the best behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I just think it's very sad that we've had to pixelate out an erection. I think it's very sad that we've had to pixelate that, that people are too frightened of that. I mean, I just think it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, and then when he talks about it and he's like, I kept the crew down to 10 or 12 people. <laughs> the man in the eyeball he knew costume, the man, <laughs> he knew and trusted till that point, till that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really they wring just every little bit of humor out of every situation. I think yeah, it's per- it's a, such a perfect show, just of six episodes. It doesn't outstay its welcome. The episodes yeah. like they're only like twenty four minutes long, but they feel really long watching them uh, this time round. Yeah. I felt like they felt very long. Like oh, if I you, felt like it, they they flew by. Like if you put I, them back would... to back, it's only like the like two hours sort of in length, but it mm. it felt longer than that to me. Yeah, maybe maybe that's kind of what I uh, felt the first time watching because I did binge them last time. This mm. time I I watched like a couple at a time uh, throughout the day, um, and and each time I would go like. Uh, like I think this is about to wrap up, and I'd look at the timeline, and sure enough, there was like a few minutes left. Like it, mm. it felt quite well paced. Yeah, I don't by any means think that it's not good, but yeah, I think it's probably best to watch it and to not binge it and watch it episode like a couple of episodes at a time max. Yeah, I I, I think maybe because it 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 like it sticks to a formula very um consistently throughout the episodes. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and like all the scenes and the jokes, they're so quick. And well, they that's fly what we were, saying, we were saying at the start. It's it is so fucking densely packed with yeah. with jokes and with comedy. Uh, it's real blink and you miss it kind of shit. Scratch your ear and you'll miss it, I guess. But uh, I, I think that's probably what's the next joke. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what um, uh, 
left me with the impression um, of it losing uh, steam the first time is because I did watch it in a, a binge sesh and uh, I, I think it just would have become so much comedy white noise yeah. by the end of it. Like it, it's 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 an exhaustive pace. Uh, watching it this time, uh, seeing Garth Marenghi's own like neuroses and stuff coming through in the show, like his, his apparent dislike for the Scottish people and like his uh, dissatisfaction with the way his, his show was handled and that people didn't get it and that, you know, uh, I think he says at one point like MI8, which is, you know, actually way above MI6, uh, uh, fucking got wind of this show and cancelled it because I know <laughs> the truth. And it's this this weird, like, uh, messiah complex shit. Uh, well, yeah, he also, literally like, says that a, he prays to that, himself. Yeah, 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 <laughs> In the yeah. last episode. Um, but also maybe a, a sense that um, he is uh, embittered or, or feels deserving of more than he has. Mm-hmm. I find that quality really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, same. It's I definitely get that vibe from him. And and I mean, yeah, I, maybe maybe because it's such a such a recognizable and common trait. Like I think we all feel that on some level. We all just try our best to not let it uh, influence the way we behave. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that you don't sense want to of like, that person. yeah, yeah, or like that that sense of uh, status anxiety that comes with modern society like i'm talking like the last 200 years it's 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 a thing like it is is such a, a prevalent force that i think is is kind of untapped for for uh comedic value mm. so whenever i see it in like a character like this or in in tim heidecker in in on cinema around the cinema I, I get such a kick out of it so a little um little bonus fun fact if uh-huh. you enjoy this show have you seen the spin-off uh, is that uh, so it's called, the Dean Lerner? There's a Dean Lerner show called Man to Man where Dean Lerner interviews people. I haven't seen so it. I like only read about show. it. Yeah, I only read about it today. And and as well as um, I didn't realise that uh, Dark Place and the, the, the Garth Marenghi character and stuff and, and the Dean Lerner character originated in like a, a stage show. Right. Uh, they had like a, a play uh, or like performance thing. I wasn't aware of that either, but that doesn't surprise me when... Uh, it was called like... Garth Marenghi's Fright Night. That sounds awesome. It, yeah. It, it sort of reminds me of a similar thing with The Mighty Boosh where they did like an audio drama version of it and mm. they've done live shows and stage versions and then they also made like the TV show. Yeah. Um, I only watched, I've only watched the first episode of Man to Man, which is Garth Marenghi is the, the guest on the first episode. Ah, nice. Is mm. it good? Yeah, I, I liked that episode. It's not, I think it's a little drier than, than this because it doesn't have... Mm-hmm. All of those elements that we we talk about that that meta quality of filmmaking and shitty lighting and shitty acting and shitty yeah blocking. and I guess like the kind of the slapstick elements as well would be kind of missing yeah um, yeah I'll absolutely be coming back to this yeah it holds up astonishingly well mm. I think the whole uh, like it's made in two thousand four but it's made to look like it was a show from the nineteen eighties that didn't get aired or got cancelled mm. they hit that aesthetic so perfectly. Yeah, to the point where I kept double-checking. I was like, wait, when did this come out? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I'm thinking of Red Dwarf because it feels so much like Red Dwarf from that time period. Mm. But it's like, no, one of them was one of them's actually modern. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If, uh, if you did enjoy and you'd like to support us, you can uh, subscribe to us or follow us on whatever podcast platform of your choice. And I, and I had a thought... 
probably should have um, tied this in with the Limbo episode, but if you enjoyed hearing our voices and would like to see other things that we do, we both stream on Twitch. Oh, yeah. So I'm at Metagames AU and Connor is at Tunes TV on Twitch. That's it. So not it's not Garth Marenghi relevant, but you know. But if you'd like to get in touch with us or answer the question of the episode, of course, all of the Roast Hint of Review social medias are in the description of the podcast episode. So, Connor. What is your favourite um, Garth Marenghiism in the show? Like what, a word or a phrase that he keeps using that <laughs> does not exist or shouldn't exist. That's a good one. Um, I, I think I think perhaps is is probably my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Because he keeps saying it in, in one interview and then he says it during like later during the episode. Mm. So what are you going to follow this up with? Okay, uh, I want to hit up uh, a movie that is kind of, it's not, there's no way to kind of segue from uh, from this to, to that. To no be honest. relevance it's not, whatsoever. There's no relevance really whatsoever. Right. Um, I, I don't think so. Maybe, the maybe relevance we can find some. is that you're feeling nostalgic for it. <laughs> yes, yeah, there we <laughs> go. Yeah, that's the, whew, we, we figured it out. Um, and, I mean, in that sense, this movie has a, a, an air of nostalgia about it, or at least I remember it did. We'll find out. Super 8. I want to hit up Super 8. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember that very fondly as well. I've only watched yeah. it the once. Yeah, me too. Um, and that'll be interesting because it's a nostalgic of that E.T. Spielberg era of film as well. So Yeah, I feel like it was doing what Stranger Things has been uh, doing now, like, yeah. for. But it didn't really before Stranger Things did blow it. up and become as popular no. as Stranger Things. And I'm interested to revisit it and f- kind of uh, see if we can have a crack at maybe finding out why. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great pick. I'm keen. All right. Keen as. Cool, cool, cool. Sick. Awesome. Well, join us next time when we find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. Why won't she be mine? I wish I was more attractive like Douglas. Still, one can only dream. I'm a one-track lover Down a two-way lane Driving fast down the highway Must have been insane Cause the temperature's too high Traveling way too fast And I knew our loving Was too hot to last Cold to the touch and it isn't very nice when you left Alone, you let you treat you badly if you hang on the phone Take off, shove your love in the wheel Put the pedal to the floor cause you're heading for the hills Gotta get away, can't take it anymore Man, you don't need this, leave her at the door The door, the door, the door Sanch, open the door